where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. That was beautiful, and it was very touching to see many of you who knew those words singing along. Um, Jonah didn't know this song. It wasn't his song, not at all. Maybe too young. But I think the person who wrote the book of Jonah, the very short four-chapter book of Jonah, and the person who wrote that song, both were coming from the same place. So when it does come to the story of Jonah, tell me what you know. There's no wrong answer here. Just what do you know about the story? Whales, big fish. Go ahead. He didn't want to go. What else? Especially to where he was being asked to go, which was Nineveh, and Nineveh was the place of an enemy. He ended up going anyway. The reluctant servant. Why did he end up going anyway? We don't really know that part. What else do you know about the story? Yeah, he burped him up or something. It was pretty gross. Yeah. Apparently Jonah was in the fishes or the whale's belly and got regurgitated onto shore. There is a depth to this story, and uh, there is a cry or a prayer or a psalm from the belly of the fish that Jonah expresses Um, and there is a trauma aspect to this story because there's it's no joke that Nineveh really was a place that destroyed the northern kingdom and so we don't know what the character of Jonah lost in that but we know that whether it's his generation or multiple generations later um there is that trauma effect that gets passed on from generation to generation where we inherit each other's enemies, right? And fears and sadnesses. And so there is a working out. But there's only one piece of this story that doesn't get resolved. But let's just back up for a minute and take this in sequence. So God says, arise and go. And Jonah says, no. And instead of going this way, Jonah goes that way. And then Jonah ends up on a boat. And these sailors and the people who are on the boat start to realize that something is wrong because God has commanded a great wind. And the sea becomes very turbulent. So they start throwing things overboard so that there's less weight in the boat. But then they realize that something must be wrong here. Somebody must not be living right, if you will, because this is unnatural what's happening. And so they do this process of elimination thing, and it all focuses on Jonah. 
And they go down and they get Jonah who's down in, down below, the, another depth, another symbol of depth. And they say, where are you from? What are you doing? Who's your God? What did you do wrong, essentially? Why is this happening? We think it has something to do with you. And Jonah says, I'm a Hebrew. And, and you're right, this is because of me, basically. And he says, throw me overboard and the storm will subside. And they don't feel good about that. They're like, oh, no, we don't want to mess with your God. If your God can create this kind of storm, we don't want to do anything that's going to upset your God. But they realize that this is what they must do. So they, they pray to this God and they say, God, please forgive us for what we're about to do. We want to be in good terms with you. And we will make this commitment to be in good terms with you. And they throw him overboard, and that's when the fish comes in. Storm stops. Fish swallows them somehow. And everything's okay on the boat. So we have this example of the people on the boat who are not Hebrew are suddenly wanting to follow and be in right relationship with this God that's sort of not their God. A foreign God. And so down from the belly of the whale or the fish, the big fish, Jonah says these words. I called to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. That's the storm, right? Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head and the roots of the mountains. At the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up my life from the pit. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to me into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. Desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Nothing like the refocusing of priorities in this belly of the fish. And with that, he is spewed out. And for the second time, God says, get up and go to Nineveh. And that's when he goes. And he goes to deliver this message, this message that says, uh, 40 days more and you will all perish, basically. you got 40 days. And then you're done, Nineveh. Now, it makes me wonder, why didn't he want to just go and say that to begin with? If he was, you know, against this place of Nineveh, why not go and proclaim this message of basically damnation? And that's something worth thinking about. But let's keep going with the story. So this message is proclaimed, and the king hears it. And the king sends out a decree 
and says, All people and animals are to refrain from eating and refrain from drinking. No water, no food. A national fast, if you will. And the king puts on sackcloth and ashes, which is the mourning, the repentance symbol in this. And God sees this and says, wow. I mean, they heard the message and they did it. When does that happen? And so what does God do? What are you remembering now? He relents. God changes God's mind. He says, I'm not going to do it. And this is where Jonah gets really ticked off. He's like, see, I knew you would do that. I knew that you were a God of mercy. And he didn't like it. That gives us an indication of why Jonah didn't go. He didn't go because he would much rather hold on to his anger than allow God to change the people. I mean, think about that for a second. If he didn't go, the people wouldn't have repented, right? But they did. They changed their ways. And now, what is Jonah going to do with all those years of disdain? What's Jonah going to do without an enemy? Talk about having free time because things are canceled. Think about the free space in your head if you had to let go of enemies or grudges or unresolved conflict. How much time do you spend with that? But God persists with Jonah. He sees all this as unfolding and knows God's going to err on the side of compassion and love, as God always does. So Jonah removes himself. He goes into social distancing mode without the connection on the outskirts of town. And God then enlists a worm, uh, um, a tree, a shrub, a bush, one of those. And it provides shade for Jonah. And Jonah's enjoying that shade. And then the very next day, God provides a worm that kills it, takes away the shade, and a warm breeze. So now Jonah's sitting in a pile of sweat. And God says, why are you questioning my care for these people? You care more about this bush that was with you for one day that provided you with something of comfort, but not necessity. And I am showing my care and compassion for 120,000 people and animals. And you can't get on board with that? And that's how it ends. God's like, you care more about a shrub than 120,000 people and animals? And you're mad at me for caring about them? Whoa. That's messed up, right? So what is this inviting us to? 
What are we being asked to consider? The person who wrote this knows about the relentless, in a good way, love of God. That God will use every person and everything imaginable to speak to us if we're willing to listen. That's why we started with clear our hearts, clear our hearts from unnecessary fear. Clear our hearts from the grudges that keep us separate. Clear our hearts from the inherited prejudices and biases that are conscious and unconscious. Clear our hearts, God, so we can see that all of nature and all people can speak to us of your redeeming love. The sailors, the king, and the people of Nineveh who were not always cast in one role. They had the capacity to change, and they did. But Jonah, Jonah is the one who has yet to be changed, and I suspect that's where I stand in the story as Jonah. Where do you stand in that story? Does Jonah realize how much effort God put into his inner freedom? I mean, what does God want for us but to live and love fully and freely? To be able to connect one to the other, whether we know each other or not. To recognize the common humanity no matter what continent we're from. This pandemic has a weird way of making us aware of the world, doesn't it? Not with blame or shame, but with connectedness of a common experience. Common concerns and common responsibilities to be careful, to be cautious, but to remember that we're still connected and the continents are connected by the waters where the fish live. So let's allow ourselves to go into those waters and to offer the prayer that remembers the God who lifts us out of those waters and brings us to a mountaintop where we see the inextricable interconnectedness of all beings and we hear our common call, our common call to act with love and care and compassion toward all beings, human and otherwise, and to take all that we have and all that we are and put it toward good. Let's see how God will use this story within us and through us as we move forward in these uncharted days and weeks connected by the Spirit.
Friends, whether you are working, praying, singing, or just being, remember that life is a gift. And we haven't much time to gladden the hearts of those who make the journey with us. So be quick to love. Be quicker still to be kind. That the gift of your life may be poured out in creative blessing to others. And as you do this, may the light of God surround you. The love of God enfold you. The power of God protect you and the presence of God watch over you. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.